Hey, how's it? Peheya, oi. Nah. Welcome back to the Chaos Effect. My name is Kilo. I'll be your hostess today, as always. We're gonna keep starting out differently. Today, I would like to start out with a little a little prayer, a pule, if you will. Um, yeah, cha- feel free to change the word God to creator, to whatever you feel. I may use creator, I may use God. I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. I welcome all walks of faith here, regardless of where you come from. Say it with me, listen, or say it out loud. The light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds me. The power of God protects me. The presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is, and all is well. Amine. Welcome back. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining us today. If you do hear the sounds in the background, I do play healing frequencies throughout any readings I do, podcasts, anything I do really. Any faint noise you hear will be the healing frequencies and tones of some shit I put up on YouTube. So let's get into it. Today is something I want to talk about. CPTSD. It's something I have learned to value and appreciate over the summer and this past year. And really learning and diving into it has helped me understand a lot of things that I've gone through throughout my life. I've been reading a book over the summer, and, you know, I reference it back now. Uh, It is called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. I will link it below for those of you watching on YouTube, and I will try to link it for Spotify. I think I can do that. Complex PTSD is something that I feel like is not really that talked about, but for many people I feel they can relate to it to some form of complex PTSD um and whether again whether or not you know what it is or you understand what it is I I guess I'm here to shed a little light on on that subject um for you because in the in the book um surviving to thriving Pete goes on to mention 14 common inner critic attacks. And now CPTSD has largely to do with your upbringing, um, your surroundings, like the environment you're around. It is a condition where you experience some symptoms of PTSD along with some additional symptoms such as difficulty controlling your emotions, feeling very angry, angry or distrustful towards the world. And now anyone can chalk that up to any any reason like you a lot of people have reasons to be distrustful of the world and 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 to not believe in the world and to have emotional uh ups and downs such as that. But do you know where they stem from? I guess that's why I'm I'm talking about this subject because I didn't know what CPTSD was 
and I came across it and I read the book and I couldn't stop reading the book because it, it really it really shed a lot of light on on what I was feeling and what I was going through. So I feel it's important to also share that message with people because again, I didn't know what it was. You know, I'm 31, not just going along my spiritual journey, just learning about different things, reading different books. And I come across this book. I don't even remember how I connected all these books, but it was between this book and like two other ones I was going to buy. So I chose this one. Um, it really called to me, so I listened to my, I heeded my intuition, and I and I went and had it and bought the book. Anyway, so basically, your inner critic, your inner psyche, if you're spiritual, you would call it, um, that is the voice in the back of your head that is constant. Think of the two angels sitting on your shoulders, or angel and a demon sitting on your shoulders. Your psyche is your inner critic and your inner, like, ego ego psyche is going to be that little demon on your shoulder, right? And when I think of that little demon or the psyche, I think of this scene from with Will Ferrell from the other guys. Just it's a classic. You don't, you don't get it. There is a darkness inside of me. It wants to get out, wants to walk around. It wants some walking around money and it wants to buy some shoes and it wants to it wants to walk up with the people and say, "Hey, Gator don't play no shit. You hear, you feel me? Gator never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. And that's just the fragile state that I relate that ego or super ego with simply because, I mean, his reaction is insane <laughs> with his explanation. You know, if you've ever seen that movie, obviously it's a joke, but it's just, it's just the way he talks too and like the way he gets so in his feelings about it is like damn bro this is really your ego right now and the angel just think of that as your inner child um your inner critic your super ego wants you to believe that you are not worthy of things it, it wants to it wants to extract all of the the negative things from your cptsd and it wants to make you believe that you are a victim, not a victor in your life, which is a crazy concept because that means that's kind of what you grew up around, right? Like people inadvertently, whether they inadvertently or bluntly told you that you weren't shit or just repeated those things to you over and over again for that to get go into your psyche itself because it only it, it doesn't take that long for for something to sink in your psyche for you to make it a belief, especially as a child, right? Because children believe in everything. Um, they believe in, they believe in things they've never seen before, never heard of, That that's because they, they haven't experienced the world. They're not, they're not, con they're not programmed to what society wants them to believe in yet. I guess you can kind of, I guess you can kind of take your inner psyche as like trying to form a habit, right? Um, it, it only takes however many days you know the internet says 18 to 254 days to form to form a new habit so imagine growing up from like a baby to when you're a teenager I'm going to use it from my own experience like 16 17 18 years old yeah let's just go the whole teenage years right up until up until 19 yeah um being told 
you're ugly, being told you're fat, being told you're uh, no good to the world, being told that you basically lack the ability to make the right choices in your life, just being constantly bullied and put down uh, all those all those years. So that's 19 years of life. Yeah, 19 years of life. I don't even know how many days that is. I know that's well over 254 days, though. Yeah, because how many years in a day or how many days in a year? Anyway, so constantly being told those things and then for those things to be ingrained in your brain, how long do you feel it's going to take you to unlearn those things or to even recognize when you were projecting those things that were told to you all all of your adolescent, childhood, teenage years? How long do you think it's going to take for you to recover from that? Pretty long time, yeah. Uh, and you know, I've been, I've been recovering from this for, I don't, I don't know how long, you know, I've, I recognized things when I was younger and I decided that it wasn't what I was going to do. And then people judged me for it. And the people pleaser in me was still, still worried about what other people thought. So worried about what mommy and daddy were going to do. So, you know, worried if they were going to beat my ass, worried if they were going to judge me for, for being authentically me, which is typically what happened. Um, or they just call me weird. They call me weird. Basically, made me again made me feel like an outcast. If you listen to the last episode, um, so all of these things added up to a lack of self identity, and you know, so it it led to self blame. And instead of understanding that it wasn't, let's see, let's read from the book. It says the inner critic blames you incessantly for shortcomings that it imagines to be the cause of your parents' rejection. It is incapable of understanding that the real cause lies in your parents' shortcomings. Mm. And, you know, that's not to bash any parents, right? Like, we're all having our human experience, and I know that my mom would probably want you to look at it her way, like she was an angel throughout all of that shit. My dad probably the same way. And again, it's it's not, I'm not knocking what they did. They were just doing what they felt was best or what they thought was best. That's how they were programmed. Um, that's how they were treated when they were younger. But, you know, it's funny because my mom would always say that she didn't want our relationship to end up like hers and her mom's, which they had a very estranged relationship. And eventually that's exactly what it became because she eventually became exactly like her mother. Um, she became exactly like her in her cruelty, in her, in her unmothering, unnurturing ways, in her tit for tat mentality and modality. She, you know, it's all a source of power. It's all a source of control. And, and to have that, you know, again, there's the same, you know, there's anything with money, like things like that, like they felt money equaled power. Um, they felt money equaled respect. They felt money basically made you better than anything walking this earth. And they were buying everything on credit. So you tell me how that works out. Um, but yeah, so again, reading, going going back to the book, it says, As a traumatized child, your over-aroused, sympathetic nervous system also drives you to become increasingly hypervigilant. Hypervigilant is a fix, hypervigilance is a fixation on looking for danger that comes from excessive exposure to real danger. 
in an effort to recognize, predict, and avoid danger. Hypervigilance is ingrained in your approach to being in the world. Hypervigilance narrows your attention to an incessant on-guard scanning of the people around you. It also frequently projects you into the future, imagining danger in upcoming social events. Moreover, hypervigilance typically devolves into intense performance anxiety on every level of self-expression. Mm. Which is something I can definitely relate to when it comes to performing or singing or doing anything like that. Because um, when I grow up, when I when I was growing up, I did I played piano and I sang and I danced. Um, I did all the performative things, but you know, having that in the background of like my mom basically saying that I wasn't this, I wasn't that, I wasn't enough. Why can't I be like this? Why can't I be like that? But then tell me to stop comparing myself. It just made me into like a self-pleasing perfectionist who always had to get it right. And when I didn't, like it was the end of the world and I would beat up on myself forever and ever and ever. And then to the point where I just didn't want to try anymore. I didn't want to try anymore because I felt like I was going to fail anyway and it didn't matter. So I just didn't. I just didn't. And whenever my mom would want me to sing in front of people, she'd be like, sing, sing, like dance, monkey, dance. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't work like that. I don't operate in that way. And it, it always it always made me feel, I guess, stifled in trying to attempt anything, stifled in trying to continue to perform for fear of not being perfect at whatever thing I was performing, whatever thing I was doing, because the criticism behind, behind me doing the performance, the performance they asked me to do, it's just it was ridiculous it was just it was so much criticism behind it and it's like they they used building character as something as something that that would that would draw out um is is the the overly criticizing things that that that's something it would draw out of me would be character um when that's not the case at all right it just it it makes your child feel like they don't want to try and and what child wants to feel that way, especially so early on in life? Yeah, it's it's not. I'm sure it wasn't easy to like grow up from that and 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 not understand or not know why you were choosing the things you were choosing, the way you're raising your kids and things like that. But also, you have a choice, yeah. And my dad loves to say, "You don't have kids yet, you don't understand." But the only thing I didn't understand is how. I was unaware of my parents' feelings for me growing up. I was unaware of if they cared about me, if they loved me, if they even wanted me to be around because it felt like they didn't, especially with the way they were treating me. Um, and eventually, of course, that leads to all kinds of things, mental problems, suicidal uh, musings, things of that nature. So it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing to say the least. And I feel like CPTSD plays a large role in that. And I feel that our inner critic can sometimes be so loud that it does exactly what the performance anxiety would do is you just don't try. The inner critic can be so loud that it, it makes you want to just halt and stop everything for fear of, for fear of, let's say my mom hears this or my dad hears this podcast. 
I used to give a fuck. But honestly, you cannot stop me from telling my story the way I perceived it and the way I went through it and what I felt. Because, well, one, you've never asked. So if you are listening to this, thanks for the play. And if you're not, okay, that's cool too. But I've realized that I am not going to allow other people, specifically people who want the world to view them as one way solely, I'm not going to allow those people to 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 silence me or to not allow me to use my voice in any way because it's not fair to me. And if I was being fair to you, where would that get me? Nowhere, probably real fast. Let's see. So back to the book, even though I'm like four minutes in probably. So we have the 14 inner critic attacks. These are going to be perfectionism attacks. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to list these. So basically it lists one of the attacks and then a healthy therapeutic thought correction response with them. I will do my best to read through these uh, as quickly as I can, but let's start. Well, number one is obviously perfectionism. It says, my perfectionism arose as an attempt to gain safety and support in my dangerous family. Perfection is a self-persecutory myth. Do not, I do not have to be perfect to be safe or loved in the, in the, in the present. I am letting go of relationships that require perfection. I have a right to make mistakes. Mistakes do not make me a mistake. Every mistake or mishap is an opportunity to practice loving myself in the places I have never been loved. Number two, all or nothing in black and white thinking. I reject extreme or overgeneralized descriptions, judgments, or criticisms. One negative hap stance does not mean I am stuck in a never-ending pattern of defeat. Statements that describe me as always or never, this or that, are typically grossly inaccurate. Number three, self-hate, self-disgust, and toxic shame. I commit to myself. I am on my side. I am a good enough person. I refuse to trash myself. I turn shame back into blame, back into blame and disgust and externalize it to anyone who shames my normal feelings and foibles. As long as I am not hurting anyone, I refuse to be shamed for normal emotion responses like anger, sadness, fear, and depression. I especially refuse to attack myself for how hard it is to completely eliminate the self-hate habit. Woo! Number four. Micromanagement, worrying, obsessing, looping, over-futurizing. What a word. I will not repetitively examine details over and over. I will not jump to negative conclusions. I will not endlessly second-guess myself. I cannot change the past. I forgive all my past mistakes. I cannot make the future perfectly safe. I will stop hunting for what could go wrong. I will not try to control the uncontrollable. I will not micromanage myself or others. I work in a way that is good enough and I accept the existential fact that my efforts sometimes bring desired results and sometimes they do not. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. 
Serenity prayer is one of my favorite prayers to just repeat to myself if ever I'm feeling doubtful or anything really. It's a very generalized player. Player. Yes, sir. It's a very generalized prayer. Anyway. Number five. Unfair devaluing comparisons to others or to your most perfect moments. I refuse to compare myself unfavorably to others. I will not compare my insides to their outsides. I will not judge judge myself for not being at peak performance all the time. In a society that pressures us into acting happy all the time, I will not get down on myself for feeling bad. Number six, guilt. Feeling guilty does not mean I am guilty. I refuse to make my decisions and choices from guilt. Sometimes I need to feel the guilt and do it anyway. In the inevitable instances when I inadvertently hurt someone i will apologize and make amends and let go of my guilt i will not apologize over and over i am no longer a victim i will not accept unfair blame guilt is sometimes camouflaged fear i feel guilty and afraid but i am not guilty or in danger Mm, number six come through yeah need that number seven shooting I will substitute the words want to for should and only follow this imperative if it feels like I want to, unless I am under legal, ethical, or moral obligation. Number eight, overproductivity, workaholism, and busyholism. I am a human being, not a human doing. I will not choose to be perpetually productive. I am more productive in the long run when I balance work with play and relaxation. I will not try to perform at 100% all the time. I subscribe to the normalcy of vacillating along a continuum of efficiency. Number nine, harsh judgments of self and others and name calling slash name calling. I will not let the bullies and critics of my early life win by joining and agreeing with them. I refuse to attack myself or abuse others. I will not displace the criticism and blame that rightfully belongs to my dysfunctional caretakers onto myself or current people in my life. I care for myself. The more solitary, the more friendliness, friendless, the more unsustained I am, the more I will respect myself. Jane Eyre. 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 I think it's Eyre. I'm pretty sure it's Eyre. Endangerment attacks... Um, this will continue on for the 14 points that Pete Walker was talking about in his, in his book. Um, number 10 is drasticizing, catastrophizing, and hypochondriacizing. Jeez, English is atrocious. Um, but then the positive thought next to that says, I feel afraid, but I am not in danger. I am not in trouble with my parents. I will not blow things out of proportion. I refuse to scare myself with thoughts and pictures of my life deteriorating. No more homemade horror movies and disaster flicks. I will not turn every ache and pain into a story about my imminent demise. I am safe and at peace. Number 11, negative focus. I renounce over noticing and dwelling on what might have 
what might be wrong with me or life around me. I will not minimize or discount my attributes. Right now, I notice, visualize, and enumerate my accomplishments, talents, and qualities, as well as the many gifts that life offers me. Example, nature, music, film, food, beauty, color, friends, pets, etc. Number 12, time urgency. I am not in danger. I do not need to rush. I will not hurry unless it is a true emergency. I am learning to enjoy doing my daily activities at a relaxed pace. Okay, and I feel like that one goes along with like, if you're already late somewhere and you keep rushing, what does it do? It ends up making you more late. So I try or attempt to tell myself daily that I have enough time to do all the things I need and want to do today. I have more than enough time to complete all of the things I I care about today. And that kind of goes hand in hand with time management and schedule management and just management of of your time, of of your distractions, of the things you choose to pay attention to, and that's where self-discipline comes in, all right? Number 13, disabling performance anxiety. I reduced procrastination. Mm, Yeah, that kind of relates back to number 12, just saying. I reduced procrastination by reminding myself that I will not accept unfair criticism or perfectionist expectations from anyone. Even when afraid, I will defend myself from unfair criticism. I will not let fear make my decisions. And finally, number 14, perseverating about being attacked. And for those of you that don't know, because I looked it up, what what is this English-ash language? Perseverate means repeat or prolong an action, thought, or utterance after the stimulus that prompted it has ceased. They perseverate under stress. Hmm. And the positive thought that comes alongside of that, unless there are clear signs of danger, I will thought stop my projection of past bullies, critics onto others. The vast majority of my fellow human beings are peaceful people. I have legal authorities to aid in my protection if threatened by the few who are not. I invoke thoughts and images of my friends, love, and support. That's going to be about it for today. We're going to wrap it up with some closing thoughts. These are just 14 things to stay aware of when you are having a CPTSD flashback or if you didn't know what that was, these are things for you to stay aware of because a lot of the times those our thoughts can be triggers and our thoughts formulate our world. And what we see there in the outer world is kind of how, how our inner world is it's not even kind how it is it's just that's just how it is and so if you are seeing something in a more negative light or you do have a critic that's constantly harassing you the critic as you're shaming internalized parents um the stubbornness of the critic the perfection the perfectionism and emotional neglect of your critic it just it puts you it puts you in an endangered state it makes you it it makes you feel like you're always in danger, like you're always in trouble, like you're always going to be condemned for the things you're doing or saying or feeling. And this is coming from someone who's, whose parents kept their songs up or their SoundCloud up on tabs and would refresh it anytime I would make a song about anything and they'd send it to me and just criticize the fuck out of me. 
yeah so um that was one thing that stifled me from releasing any of my music is because again my parents always felt like they weren't the bad guy in anything they did but i had to be getting these thoughts from somewhere yeah i had to be be getting these thoughts from from the people around me and the majority of people i was around was them because they isolated us so much that they didn't that they didn't want us around uh certain people and certain things but again it's all about control so you have the the ability to have the self-awareness to course correct these things not saying anything is wrong with you but if you do notice these things of cptsd and these attributes of the triggers that you have deep within yourself that means you still have some healing to do and healing is not linear healing doesn't take it's not an overnight experience it takes well well over an overnight time for that to happen so and in i'm we're always healing we're always going to continue to heal because we're humans we're always experiencing something at some point in our lives the question is are we taking the time to look at and acknowledge those emotions that come with the feelings in certain situations bring up those are the questions that we should be asking ourselves and then take the time to think about it write it down let it out because writing something down is an affirmation it affirms our thought it brings that thought physically into the real world i'm just thinking of spongebob when he would draw the the pencil guy you know and he drew the crazy spongebob and then that dude took the pencil and he started erasing everything so you can you can form your reality you can form who you want to be because everything and all the qualities and everything that you wish to be you want to be you they are already inside of you as cliche as that is but it's true all right so again i really appreciate you all joining me if you've made it this far appreciate that please feel free to share comment like follow me on youtube instagram anywhere really at the chaos effect mind and i'll see you guys again next time thank you so much